0: Howdy, y'all! Welcome into South of Scruffy Podcast. I'm Ben Fields. This is my podcast. You made it. Thanks for being here. I've got one of my favorite people on the planet on the show today, Dave Curry, the birthday boy. Dave and I share a birthday, so we've threatened before to get together and do a birthday show for South of Scruffy, but uh, this was our first chance to do it. First off, Dave Curry is one of the funniest dudes on the planet. He's lived about 10 lives with all the things he's done professionally and otherwise. But we talked about his uh, commercial farming life, his uh, sustainable building practices, what it's like to live off the grid, what it's like to work the Bonnaroo green room where all the artists come before their shows for the main stage at Bonnaroo. And then we talked about his new endeavor, the Knoxville Wood Store, which is a really cool concept and is doing really well so far. You should check them out. But most of all, this was just a fun chat with my buddy Dave. Happy birthday, Dave. I hope it's a good one. And I hope Mother's Day was killer for everybody, too. Hope you guys enjoy my chat. It's me talking to my buddy, Dave Curry.
1: We're doing the podcast.
0: Happy birthday, sir. Yes. This is a big one, my friend. You're 50? Look what I received today. What'd you get? What is that, AARP? You're not... (laughs) What is is that? That's exactly what it is. Is it really? Yeah. And
1: it gets better because now I
0: am a member of the 50s Ooh, what do you get? A free insulated trunk (laughs) organizer (laughs) (laughs) to keep your groceries in. Oh, man. You've arrived, dude. What do you think about that? I think it's pretty awesome. What do they want? 16 16 bucks a month. uh, 16 bucks. You going to do it? (sighs) no I don't think so you can't bring yourself to do it I don't think so man. oh, how long have we known each other ten years fifteen years
1: I'd say so, yeah, yeah,
0: and i man we 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 found out we had the same birthday, and it was like, of course we do, of course we do. I love this man
1: <laughs> Ben, there is a cosmic that you bring that has always brought great joy to my soul instantly oh, thanks, man. you I'm, too. just it was uh not to sound too hippy dippy or starstruck but man i i remember the first time i saw you really like, isn't that weird yeah uh at the set and and you made some comment and i was like <laughs> i'm sure it was i'm awful. in i'm in <laughs> i'm all in like that's all i needed was, like
0: was it the uh the shoot where we uh with the money cannon gun yes is that it yep i yep. remember that you got, it was a sweepstakes shoot for hgtv and you guys built this gun that blew thousands of dollars of dollar bills at the camera yes i still i remember taking a picture of you holding it
1: yep and i and i what was funny about those dollar bills is they cost more than money
0: Mm. yeah because they were set set dollar (laughs) bills right (laughs) they were they were they were fake money that we ordered from a prop house in la and it broke down that they were more than a dollar a piece yeah it it did (laughs) yeah we could have blown real money but apparently it's against the law and they wanted that shit back too man oh um, they it for real yeah yeah I, I and i for some reason that that shoot is in my head but that shoot that we did uh in like december at the end of the year it was a ut shoot for like their catering service aramark or something like that this is my favorite one best shoot ever favorite one. I remember you had that, that fox hat on because it was so cold outside. And when I say fox hat, man, that it wasn't like made out of fox fur. It was made out of fox fur, but it was also made out of an entire fox. Coyote. A coyote? Yeah. Okay, so the coyote face was the hood over yep. your head, right? Yep. And then the arms like wrapped around like almost drawstrings. Yep. And then it laid down the back of your neck and shoulders and had feet on it and all that.
1: It's an authentic French trapper's cape is what they call it really yeah
0: i traded four
1: f-150 tires for that thing really yeah that's like yeah that's that's five or six
0: hundred dollars worth of rubber right there
1: out of a guy that was building these things in an abandoned mill stealing power from the house next to him with an orange extension cord really yeah he was building the hats or yeah. the
0: capes yeah yeah so he was killing these coyotes and then and then uh, uh he was, uh, taking their, he was their bu- skin.
1: He was buying <laughs> he was buying all kinds of fur and making clothes with them and selling them to and I shit you not sorry, I kid you not. High end fashion designers in Milan and Paris.
0: <laughs> We're buying trapper hats from homeboy or trapper yes. capes. Yes.
1: Yes. Ah. He was trading on a world market. And building these things off an extension cord with stolen power in the back of an
0: abandoned mill. Where was this? Buffalo, New York. Okay. West Falls on well, the Genesee River. Were you living there? Just was living across the street from him. Really? Yeah. How was he getting the coyotes? A shotgun in his no, backyard? He was buying them?
1: I've learned all of this vicariously through him, but North America <laughs> is the largest variety of mammals on the planet. Really? Yeah. And and there's this big, giant fashion trade industry that uh, – and, and that's why tra- – like, even back in the colonial – like, back in the day, man, trappers were for real. Like, that's a real money is in beaver pelts, mink pelts, coyote pelts. Like, yeah. You know, like, there's – it's a – market, always been a market and it's still
0: going on. Well, I had my buddy Cody Walters, you know, Cody? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Had him on the show a couple weeks ago and he was talking about how there was this, this, this influx in population of all these animals that used to be trapped because of the Taboo nature of wearing animal fur now, and yep. so nobody's trapping them anymore because there's not a market to sell the fur on. And so now you're hitting them with your car when you're driving down the road. <laughs> <laughs> we've
1: knocked over the pendulum. Yeah, yeah, we've exactly. changes. We've changed its trajectories.
0: Have you uh, Have you been working on any uh, other film sets lately? You did the Moonshiners thing, right?
1: We did. We did the Moonshiners. Pull that set. mic a little bit closer. Sorry. Yep. You bet. That's all right. We did the uh, the Moonshiners Distillery. I wish I could remember the actual name of it. That I think it's called
0: Moonshiners, right? Or is that a different show? It's a,
1: it's this is a this is a show that's like the same format as the Bake Off shows or the food. Oh
0: yeah, it's a competition. Prep.
1: It's show. a competition bake off for booze <laughs> for moonshine. Yep. Okay. And so these guys are given a handful of weird botanicals and uh, uh, some pure mountain spring
0: water. Ah. Iron Chef for uh- <clears throat> For for moonshine, correct. And then the judges are sitting back there, getting tanked, drinking this stuff, trying to act like level three sommeliers over here. You know, for moonshine.
1: When your nose is the size of a delicious apple and glowing red, you can't tell <laughs> me you're not drunk.
0: You're not. I've been. I know what. I know what that looks like. I looked that up. What the the name of that condition is, where the nose gets like big and and. Uh, looks very rough and all that. Yeah. And apparently what I read is it's not from alcohol. No. That's what I know. I was, I was, I, I was shocked when I read it because it seemed like it was, I would see, it's like a condition of some sort. Hmm. I wonder if it comes along with with a little bit of, just a touch of alcoholism on the side, you know, if <laughs> you got that condition. Flared it up. Yeah. It's like my dad with his uh, gout, he knows
1: going in this pile of shrimp is going to wreck him. <laughs> <laughs> but there's there's
0: nothing better. There's nothing
1: better. Yeah. We're eating, we're eating some shrimpies.
0: Oh, what about like you've been doing a ton of set building and, and also other types of woodwork, right? I worked,
1: I worked in a wood shop for about five years, uh, um, Smoky Mountain Vintage Lumber. Yeah. We used to get our Christmas trees from there. That's right. That's right. He did sell Christmas cheese for a little while. And um, that was a great relationship and I learned a ton. I learned a ton about... Building furniture and, and using wood that's, um, you know, n- not necessarily straight or, it's uh, <laughs> also 150 years old. And, yeah, you know, and 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 been able to manipulate it, um, and work with it. You know, it was a uh, was it was awesome. And uh, late last year, uh, we uh, I stepped out of that scenario to sort of do my own thing. Under uh, Durbag Woodworks,
0: that's your that, that's your brand. It's my tag. Yeah,
1: yeah, my cool. maker's mark. Cool. Um, and uh, you know, just have some freedom, have some creative freedom, and also kind of change a little bit of um, relying on custom work in that like commissioned work or not. What's the word I'm really looking for? Like uh, contracted work, where I'm 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 trying to do my best. To build something th- through th- through your eyes, yeah, you know,
0: commissioned work sounds right.
1: You know, like yeah. you you need a table. You 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 come to me with a couple of pictures of a couple uh, of cocktail napkins. You know, yeah. some some Pinterest shots, a yeah. cocktail napkin. Yeah, I do a goofy, real loose rendering to get an idea of what you're sort of the shape you're looking for. Sure. And now now I'm chasing your aesthetic mm. and making sure that I'm communicating effectively and that I'm listening and that you are hearing as well. Like mm. you're communicating effectively and that yeah. you're, you're, cause there's limitations and, um, you know, people come in like, I want a table that's six inches thick. And we're like, I think what you're saying is you just want a really thick table. <laughs> cause, cause that sounds heavy. <laughs> cause I don't know if you really know what six inches thick table is going to look like. <laughs> you must be talking to a man about that. Correct. Yeah. Like, or, you know, and <laughs> Did you, I had a woman ask me. She had a, she brought in this like deep mahogany, this Honduran mahogany slab, and she's like, "I love this wood. Can you stain it white?" <laughs> and I was like, "I don't, I don't understand. I don't know what you mean." Can Can you stain no, it white? No, you can't go backwards. You, no. you can't get it. I can, can, can put a whitewash on it, and we can make it look like it's mahogany with whitewash. But you know, if you want a dark wood, if you want a light wood, if you want a light aesthetic gravitate towards a light wood like a pine or something like that
0: absolutely or something soft that'll
1: suck up some suck yeah, up some stain yeah. so that you know sense. struggling with all of that and and so the idea of dirtbag was how about i just build what i think's cool and you can buy it if you want how's that going well it it i've, I've sold about five tables oh nice um and uh i i so i was looking for a space this is how this the 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 serendipity of this whole thing. I, sure. I needed I needed space um, to grow. I, I brought with me a fairly large footprint uh, with some tools and a, and a big project that I was working on. So I needed some workshop space, or I just needed a square foot. I just needed a a footprint I can start. Yeah, working. Yep. And uh, my buddy Derek works down at Bird on a Wire which is a really nice metal yeah. shop off Magnolia.
0: I've met that dude before. He's
1: fantastic. B-O-T-W? hmm Yeah. And um, we're chatting and I'm catching him up on my dirtbag endeavors. And, and um, he was like, you know, you should check out, there's this like crazy, <laughs> his... <laughs> somehow he takes that Mitchell Street from Magnolia up and cuts into North Hills. I think for his mother, his mother may live back there, but he's on this route a lot. You know, okay. several times a week. And he's like, I drive by there and dude's got logs and I think I've actually saw a millen a couple of times and I don't know. He's like, there's just something weird happening back there. You should check it out. And I'm like, oh, that's not a bad idea. And that was a Tuesday, eleven o'clock in the in the in the morning. And I get in my car and I'm like, you know what? I should just let's just dart over to see what D's talking about. And I wind over there and sure enough, man, there's this parking lot and there's logs stacked up and there's there's the bed of a wood uh bandsaw mill. Mm. To the, the the track of it yeah. sitting there, sawdust everywhere, big four bays, uh uh, uh uh warehouse. And these dudes are just getting out of a white pickup truck in front of this door, and I kinda pa- roll up and, and softly you're know, like a uh, doesn't Anybody here know or the, the 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 owner or the operator of what's happening? Scott Farmer introduced himself to me and uh at the end of about a 30 minute conversation I had a handshake deal of a workshop <laughs> connected to 18,000 square feet of real estate space to sell lumber a, a kiln that will dry 4,000 board feet of lumber at a time and I, th- like just this crazy world opened up and, and, wow. and on a handshake deal I moved in the next day and started working and wow. the more the more we talked um, you know he had been trying to get this idea going of opening Knoxville's wood store but it had sort of stalled with um, the economy and, and obviously the pandemic and he, he has a, a full, um, construction firm that, 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 that he runs, uh, keeps uh, several guys busy, uh, finish building and finishing homes. Mm. And so that took a little more attention than the wood store did. And things kind of went dormant for a little while. And, um, you know, I'm a firm believer in trusting the universe on all levels, When it knocks you down and when it picks you up, Mm. you have to recognize both trajectories, (laughs) right? Yeah. Pay attention to them. Yep. Follow through with them. Don't deny them. And that's hard. And don't fight them either. That's what I'm saying, man. It's hard, right? Yeah. If something good happens or something enlightening happens, you're always a little, I am anyway, a little apprehensive or, meh, this isn't bad. So clearly it's not meant to be communicated to me. Sure. And um, we're making a go of it. So we, we've got a soft, we're, we're sort of in the middle or the very beginning of a, of a soft opening uh, currently. Oh, there's a there's a small presence on Facebook and, and an even smaller one on Instagram right now. Um, I'm, I'm building a project for a, a friend of mine who's going to be setting us up with a website and Facebook page and, 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 and that sort of thing. It's it's a it's a great uh, trade for barter. You do you know Todd Overstreet? I've heard the name. He is the bass player. He him and and Wit are the rhythm section for Grand Torino and okay. Tennessee Light and Power Company.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. 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 So it's Chris Ford and yep, yep. John Fole was he in the band too? And then Scott.
1: Scott was in
0: Scott. Scott's your guy. Um, no, Scott's a different guy. I know Peterson. We okay. go way back. Okay. Um, Does Gran Torino have 15 members? At least. I feel like everybody I know was in Gran Torino. <laughs> I think you may have been in Gran Torino. I heard a rumor. It was some, some real was short, short period of short time. time. I, yeah. Maybe you just hung out in the green room before a show. Yeah, you are still
1: on the album jacket. <laughs> there was some, uh, let's just say, an indictment is not a conviction. <laughs> All right. I'm just put that out right now. All right. Okay. Um. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm building ro- uh, this really cool project. It's it's pushing my limits a little bit too because, um, you know, I'm my 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 building ha- it, methods are are real loosey goosey and wavy gravy, and and I like those l- lines that I can manipulate, um, especially to hide flaws. You can accentuate other curves correct gotcha. or you know if you do make a mistake well you're not locked in to anything you can just roll with it and yeah. and move it and and, and I, I find comfort in that yeah yeah and so when you lock me into a 90 degree box and you give me parameters then, then i get nervous sure and um but so this is a black walnut roads uh, a case for a 1979 Rhodes electric piano
0: heck yeah man yeah it's
1: Bat of the bone. Yeah. Um, so I'm putting this together for Todd. He's going to build me all of the Webby yeah, infrastructure yeah. for this. And the 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 full launch is, is being planned for the fall.
0: So how is it different than what Smoky Mountain Lumber does?
1: What they do, their business model is purely reclaimed
0: wood. So won't they, like if, a, if something falls on your property, they go charge you to take it away and then they... That was, some,
1: that was something that they were tickling with a little bit, ah. but um, I, think, I think they've gone in other directions. I don't, I'm not sure he even still has his sawmill anymore. I, uh. I, I think I heard that he had sold it um, again or sold it. And, um, so.
0: But how is your thing different than that?
1: We, we would source grade A lumber to sell. Of of species across the the
0: country. You would do that when you were
1: no. You okay? Knoxville Wood Store okay is set up to do this. Gotcha. That's okay. that's different from okay. Smoky Mountain Vintage Lumber, who only deals in reclaimed. At least when I was there, okay. That's it was all reclaimed material. I'm clear now. Um, so we would offer standard lumber from from all from coast to coast mm-hmm. wh- wh- wherever our distributors. Can give to us, we can retail. Yeah. Then, then we'll have another class of lumber. That's exactly what you're describing. Where, if something does fall on your property and it fits our specs for our machines and trailers and sawmills, we we do have limitations. <laughs> yeah. We can come and grab it, process it for you, and if you wish, we can just hand you back the material, or we can build something. Out of it for you to, you know. <clears throat> so this opens up a lot of large sawmills don't want to deal with urban wood or urban reclaimed
0: logs. Why?
1: <clears throat> well, we, you don't know in 1924 when that oak tree was about 10 inches in diameter, the young dad starting to build a treehouse for his young kid. And then four years into the project, they move. Then the next homeowners come in and they're like, we don't really care about this half-finished treehouse. And they just take all of the lumber off. Yeah. Well, those nails and screws or whatever are still in there. Gotcha. So, you,
0: so you want to deal with uh, untouched stuff that – or most people want to deal with stuff that's untouched, don't know. Correct. Or you do know that nobody's messed with it.
1: Because they, they're on a mass scale. They don't have time to to nitpick these little things and – You know, it's a little more of a niche market. And that's where we would like to come in and fill that need. If your grandfather's tree falls in the storm last night, we can come get it and maybe build you a table out of it. Yeah. Or a chest of drawers or- Awesome. You know, a hope chest or or whatever, you know, like- um,
0: Isn't that great?
1: I mean, you can have it. Now you got it. Now it's yours.
0: And for the rest of your life, you're going to be able to tell them that- that came out of granddad's yard right there. Correct. See that hutch came out of granddad's yard. That's cool. Or yeah. like you said, you can just give him the lumber back too. So I've got a buddy who, uh, who did that with a tree that had fallen on his property. It was a big, like ambrosia maple or something like that. And he had it milled down into tons of little pieces and at like, our friends would just buy it off of him and mm-hmm. have little bar tops here and there. You know, he's got. I, mean, I know a bar in a basement. You know, and Rocky Hill is made out of it. I know a barn that's got pieces of it in it.
1: It's fantastic. It's super cool. Yeah,
0: you know where the wood came from.
1: Share the legacy.
0: It's got a story. I dig it. That's super neat. Yeah. So what's the what's the thing? What are the things that you're uh, you feel like you're most proficient in making, or the things that you like to make the most? Is it tables?
1: <sighs> yeah, yeah. I would that. I, I, I'm definitely not intimidated by that anymore. Right. You know, um, there there's not much that can go wrong that I haven't already done. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like I've screwed up enough on tables. I know I can. I now confidently know what not to do.
0: Are you doing the resin thing too?
1: A little bit. A little bit. I.
0: That's very Instagrammable.
1: It is. You know, the aesthetic of it isn't nec- necessarily
0: something that I'm drawn to. Yeah. Um, well, that seems like, I, I don't want to say it seems easy. It doesn't seem easy, but it seems like you put a couple of edges that there's no way they're ever going to line up. You put them together and y- y- there's a gap in there, right? Yeah. And then they fill it, you fill it with resin, right? Of whatever color you want. And it's a flat surface and it seems kind of not a super high degree of difficulty.
1: That's what the chirpy Instagram videos want you to believe. Oh, Okay. Um, it makes for a tidy little.
0: A crafting a, video? Dave? <laughs> a craft video?
1: There, there's an enormous amount of prep and work that goes into it. Really? And, and it's really easy to make it look like garbage. Is it? Um, oh, yeah. I've and seen a
0: lot of really good looking ones. I've seen like people make fly uh, fly tying vase, uh, vices. like Yep. Oh, I don't have mine in here. But like bases out of them that look awesome, like live edge wood. With, if you get it
1: down and you work out all the bugs and kinks, it's it's tremendous.
0: You see a bunch of the like cutting boards and the the bow tie kind of thing too. Mm-hmm. That's a different type deal. But it <laughs> seems like people are doing a lot of that kind of stuff. Like the, like uh, 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 the Monday morning quarterback woodworking guys. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Trunk slammers. <laughs> I
1: I've done it, and and the way I've pushed my acrylic work is that I don't necessarily do the live edges facing each other with a blue streak going yep. down through there. Um, but I will do like what you said with the bow tie details. Yeah. Where I can just route out a, a shape. And then rather than inlaying another piece of wood into it and getting a sharp line that I'm looking for, I can pour epoxy Mm. into that. Yeah. And now that filled that negative space with something solid.
0: Yeah. So it it did the same thing. It it joined it.
1: Yep. Gotcha. And and it can be decorative or it can just be, we have a hole in this wood and we we don't want food to fall through it. So we're going to fill it. Sure with something and yeah. and because of practical uh, aspects of it as well what um, is
0: that resin stuff? what is it made of
1: it's know. a two part epoxy there's a hardener and a resin gotcha i'm I'm not sure what the yeah. c- chemistry it's like, is it's there like
0: any it's like j b. weld or fiberglass or so you know same stuff correct two, two parts two parts. Together. and if
1: if if i'm if I'm right, I believe the even the word epoxy is, tells you this is a two part mm. glue. I think when when you say epoxy, it's it means that there's two, a hardener and a, and, a,
0: and a resin come together. That's how you know it's good is that they have to keep it separated while it's <laughs> in the packaging. Because when you put it together, man, this stuff's not coming apart. Well, and that's the thing too, man. What those videos don't
1: tell you is the good stuff <clears throat> that, that eliminates a lot of headaches is about $100 a liter wholesale. Jeez. So when you see them dump five gallon buckets of this yeah. stuff into there may yeah. be a grand of material yeah. in that bucket. And if you haven't sealed your form properly or your level your table's out <laughs> of level. Starts
0: to leak out. <laughs>
1: you've just dumped and, and once you put those two together, once they introduce, it's over. Yeah. You're on borrowed time. Yeah. You've got a flashpoint. You've got a maybe a pot life that's six or eight hours, but we are we're doing on the it. clock. We're on it. And you, maybe you set that over it. And some of them, you know, only have a like pot life. That's just a few minutes. Mm. Like you got to get in there and, you know, hot mixes and stuff like that. So y- y- it's, it's money. Yeah. And when you're, when you're paying your own, when you're writing your own paycheck,
0: <laughs> you got, you're not ready to dump a thousand dollars worth. In the know,
1: and then I, the, another fun story is a uh, had a guy come into the, this is when I was with Smoky Mountain. The guy came in and he's like, just defeated, man. He's just got, he just, his shoulders are shrunk and he's just like sick. And he says, I need help. I need help. And we pull out this resin coffee table and he had a few minutes of YouTube university sure. under his belt. He went at it with the misconception that this is easy and chirpy. And man, they even had... Benny Hinn music playing in the background and, um, he, and, and what happened was his table wasn't level. So all of the epoxy
0: was going to one side, going to
1: one side. So he went from this big clump of six inches of material tapering down to nothing and vacant areas where the epoxy had just shifted right out of the mold. Hmm. Oops. And then his buddy was like, oh, we can fix it. And so they went into it with a couple of sanders and burned through where it was lean and gouged out some wood and then decided to fill that again. So they dumped more material on it this time. And this time the table was level, but now they've just filled this whole thing up. And now they had like three quarters to an inch of just plastic on top of this wood. <laughs> and he was like, I have I have nine hundred dollars in this thing right now. <laughs> like as it sits. Yeah. I've nine there's nine hundred Benjamin <laughs> bills <laughs> facing us. And he's like, How can we fix it? And I was like, more of those Benjamins. Really? Yeah, I mean what do you like? You can cut your losses. And call it a day, or you could pay me to fix it. But you're gonna have another grand in it to to get me to monkey with it. it right? Yeah. And so he paid it. You know, he agreed, and we 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 got it looking good. Turned out all right. Yeah, man. It was it was fine. I just the right tools and and the right knowledge, which is just n- making the mistake before and knowing the easiest way to fix it. There's a a, a friend of mine, a a, a really uh, good friend of mine, who's got a contracting business here in in town. He told me a good carpenter isn't one who doesn't make mistakes. A good carpenter knows how to fix them.
0: Hmm, I'll buy that.
1: You know, so we've screwed up enough. I know the right way to fix it.
0: <laughs> Have you seen that video of how all the different trades fix a nail that stri- or ha- fix a, uh, a screw that's stripped out? No,
1: but I can, I can imagine it.
0: Yeah. It's like, you know, the, the car mechanic takes like a, you know, hacksaw to it and cuts it off. Like the landlord puts, just caulks over it. <laughs> <Like> Toothpaste. <it's, laughs> <that's exactly>. Framer <laughs> knocks it down with a nail or knocks it down with a hammer. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Like having the right tools to fix the mistakes is all, it's all about. <laughs> so is your house full of, uh, full of some crazy looking stuff or is it the stuff that you've made or are we a, uh, electrician's wife? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, what is it? The cobbler's children with no shoes situation.
1: Took the words right out of my mouth. Really? <laughs> I've got a laundry list that I can never possibly finish. Can't touch of. it. Hey dad, can you build a makeup stand? absolutely throw it on the hey dad hey we need another stool in the kitchen (laughs) (laughs) can you you whip one up real fast my my wife becca she she's all the time saying something she's you know what we need we need like a i need another stool right here and i was like oh yeah she was they're easy to build right and i was like yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) do it all the time
1: or just stool and she's like yeah no basically you get a flat piece of wood right yeah and then three sticks yeah and just put them together. Yeah. Like, that's all I need. Sure. I don't like, I was like,
0: "Bet, let's, let's do it. Yeah. I get that all the time. It's like, doesn't have to be great. Yeah. <laughs> it just needs to be done. <laughs> like, I can't do that. No. See, I just get broken stuff out here in the shop. Like, you know, my daughter will come out and be like, I broke the lid off of my jewelry box. I'm like, I got it. We're <laughs> going on out here. It sits here for three weeks. I make 12 trips to Ace Hardware. <laughs> Get a get a fifteen dollar jewelry box fixed for ninety-eight dollars and seventy-four cents. There you go. Yep. That's the way it goes.
1: No, there's a couple of pieces I really like because I've just found things along the way. And I'm, you know, I get to be the first person to like buy it. Right. Mm-hmm. The guy brings it in on the truck. And so we we got this really cool um house that was built in the early 1800s and the ledger board for where the floor joists can't come in was that was was mortised out a hole about a two and a half inch three inch square out of this three and a half four inch timber where and then a a, more, a, a a tenon was cut in the what's a tenon the the the
0: the board that goes into the what you're talking about yeah yep. okay yeah and so it's almost like a peg and a hole type a c- deal for the whole floor system yeah the whole so it wasn't like it they, it laid on top of the no. joist it went it was a peg yeah. and a hole it was like a dowel correct almost.
1: and wow. solid yeah and this other little cleat that came down to keep the it, it you could. Shave off a second tenon that was butting up against the wood itself, not a, not into a hole, and that would um, keep it from falling down. Or or dial it in so that it's perfectly level. Gotcha. You can you can manipulate that piece so that it so it, so that there was like a fourteen foot long one that came in and I snagged it along with an a, a, a um, corresponding joist.
0: Mm.
1: So I've got some wall art
0: it's kind of cool
1: and uh
0: i remember when i lived in park ridge there were the the whole h1 overlay the historic uh the historic neighborhood the the um what was it called the planning commission the metropolitan planning commission or something like that made you try to repair your house with the same materials that it was built with when, yes. you know, in the 1900s, early, period. early 1900s. Uh, yes. And there was a big stink about it because, you know, a family that's lived in, you know, a, a fair socioeconomically, like a, a, a fairly impoverished neighborhood for, you know, yeah. if they've lived there if that house has been in their family 50 or 60 years they haven't had a mortgage on it forever all they've been paying on it's property taxes you know they're living fairly you know frugally and don't have a lot of money frankly to spend like these you know super ornate uh balusters for their uh for their uh for their railings and things like yeah. that would go bad and it's like to get somebody to fix that and make one of those would cost you hundreds of dollars to redo your to redo the, you know, all these porches are rotting out, to redo it with two and a half inch pine or whatever that matches right. what's been there was super expensive. Some of these posts on some of these George Barber homes over in Park Ridge are, you know, they're they're as tall as this post right here. They're almost eight feet tall. And nobody has a lathe that big <laughs> anymore to right. to make to make one to redo a post like that. So it becomes extremely cost prohibitive to make things like they made them 100 years ago
1: which know? which was in my opinion where american craftsmanship hit its peak
0: really oh yeah in the early 1900s i think so is that why a craftsman home is is so perfect <laughs> it's a lot to do with it <laughs>
1: people cared people cared we had material that was wonderful yeah cuz we didn't
0: use it all up yet people had the skills there was there was it wasn't extremely i guess uh there weren't a lot of different ways to skin the cat back then right no
1: no no and so if you if in like areas really wish i could live or go back in time and see these victorian homes yeah when when they were young and 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 the professionals that were in it that had money paid a craftsman paid somebody who cared you know built in f- f- four or five layered dental crown molding. Yeah. And, you know, uh, hardwood floors and red handmade iron registers and and grates and sure. you know, it's all wonderful. It, yeah. But at your point to where you we if we're going to repair these they have to be period does seem to have limitations. I I understand it. Like let's preserve right what we can preserve, but also mm. yeah, I the, I'm I can't help but to think of some sort of ulterior motives in putting such restricted things that are mainly just economic.
0: Oh, you're not talking about the G word, are you?
1: Maybe, (laughs) maybe (laughs) we're pushing some of this out. Like, Oh, you can't afford it. Well, just, you can get a double wide over here and, you know, be the same payment and you could just move out. That
0: was a big fight when we were living over there was the whole gentrification movement. And, you know, pro and people who were for it and people who were against it. And uh, they would never call it that, but that's what it ultimately, that's what the ideals came down to. And I think the people that own the nice expensive houses in park Ridge, fortunately they owned those houses because they wanted to live in a neighborhood where it wasn't just a bunch of middle-class white people. Right. You know, I know, I know a handful of people over there who, who wanted Wanted the neighborhood to stay the same as it was, but people who had money tied up in it, the real estate, uh, the, the, the folks who owned 10, 15, 20 houses in the neighborhood wanted the block to get better. They wanted it to get nicer. No. So they were all about that. Um, but if <clears throat> like, I look at one, there was an old, uh, George Barber home. Are you familiar with the whole George, the George Barber architect
1: Dude, I, I I do. I'm on a fringe. I'm yeah. way way out over here. And but. I may
0: know a little. I, I don't know much about it, but from what I understand, he was a very famous architect. Mm-hmm. And he would send out these. He would send out his homes in in catalogs, and you would order the plans out of a catalog, and you would hire a craftsman to build you the house wow. with these plans that you bought out of this catalog. And I don't know if the materials materials were involved or not. I don't know if they said, if they provided you with the materials as well, or if they just gave you the plans or whatever.
1: I'm sure there was packages you could maneuver whatever right. you needed to do.
0: But what park Ridge was ultimately was, uh, was a neighborhood where they built, I forget what they called it, but it was like a, a it's where they built all of his floor plans so they could photograph them. And so that's why there's so many George Barber homes. It's a really cool in section in Knoxville. It and is. If you don't know where it's there, you'd right. never know it. And there's some of the most beautiful, yeah, dental, bric-a-brac, all that kind of yep. cool cool stuff. It's yep. super awesome looking. But you look at it, the houses were built in 19... Uh, 19- you know, all the way from 1900 to, you know, 1910, 1915, somewhere in there now in 2022, some of those houses, if somebody gave it to you for free, you couldn't afford to fix it. Yep. You couldn't afford to make it right. Yep. You know, because there's just so much wrong with it or because it's so hard to do that kind of stuff. Now yep. it's uh, it's a little bit of a bummer because you wish you could just hire a dude with a lathe and a skill saw and, and, and a speed square and,
1: well, you could, he's just going to be really expensive. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, that's, we're back in that same capitalism is a strange. Sure. Space to navigate. Yeah. Like I'm all for it. Me Until too. Until I'm not. Exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. Cause leave it up to us and we'll mess some stuff up.
1: It's, you know, yeah. y- you look at all, everybody that's successful and you're like, well, there's a reason why they're successful and there may be a reason why you're not. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. and, um, it's a it's a strange it's a because I I need it I need it I'm yeah. a capitalist yeah like I, yeah we
0: all I, need capitalism
1: <laughs> <laughs> like I I get it it's it's I guess the fundamental thing is if you have a to by what means are sure. you or, what what are you what are you willing to sacrifice yeah. or you know
0: yeah if you can to if, get if, it if you can if you can be a, 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 a if you can keep the environment in mind I think that's a big part of it too like capitalism when it comes to like, that's uh, with me, that's a big like regulatory space that I agree with. Because if you tell somebody they can build a factory right here and make as much of this widget as they want, because it's America and it's a capitalist society and that's all well and good, they're going to do it. And then they're also going to pump all that stuff out into the river. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. And so there are places where regul regulatory, uh, regular regulatory uh, uh, things need to happen to, keep capitalism tamped down a little bit, but as a, as a whole, it's a really good, uh, it's a good model that's worked for us for a long <laughs> time.
1: <laughs> We're certainly more capitalistic than we are democratic.
0: Yeah, probably so. In, in my humble opinion. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it is a, uh, it, it's crazy that what you're doing is almost a relic now. Uh, and you know, with, I, I I've got, some friends over in, in Germany and they live in a very small village and they are, uh, they're craftsmen. They're, 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 con- I mean, I guess you would call them, you would call them home builders, uh, but home builders different over there. Like you think of, you think of a construction crew over here. You think of like, you know, you might think of, you know, the guy that drives down from the Le- Follett, chain, smokes cigarettes, drinks mountain, do all day. You know, that's kind of what, what, People seem to think when they think of a construction worker. Sure, these guys are uh, these guys are important members of the community in, in in Germany, and they're very well respected. And they think it is hilarious how we build houses here with these toothpicks that hold that hold the OSB ceiling. boxes yeah. stacked on top of each other. Yes, and yeah. you look at their house, and it's uh, it's made out of stone that's eighteen inches thick. And it's a three-story house. Timbers. Yeah. And the kids live on top. And the mom and dad live on the middle floor. And the uh, grandmother lives on the bottom floor. Yeah. And it's been that way for for 10 generations. And that's how it works. You live up top and then you work your way out of the house as you die. (laughs) One day. We get that walk-on (laughs) <laughs> Walk on level. Yeah. They, yeah. When you're downstairs, your <laughs> clock is ticking. You need to, they just move you closer to the door. I love it. I know. But but I think it's amazing that they still they and I think it's because it is such a small community where they live. I'm not saying all of, you know, Europe is like that, but because they live in such a small village, uh it 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 they don't they don't have they don't have lumber yards everywhere. They don't have everything at their disposal. So they have to build stuff that lasts. Mm-hmm. And they don't put 25 year shingles on their houses. They put slate, you yep. know, roofs on that are going to last uh, a few generations. Or peat. And what's peat? Like moss? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Does There's, that work?
1: Yeah. In Scotland. That's uh, they're, really, they're, yeah, in England. Yeah. What about like straw bale houses? Have you heard of that? Ben, I've. I've, I've built a straw bale structure. Have you really? I have, and I've probably been in,
0: I don't know, dozens of them. Do you know Mike Fairman? No. You don't? He, he's built a couple of them too, but tell me about your, uh, uh, th- he's the only other person I know who's built one of these, but he's built a couple of them, I think. So a straw bale house, you make them out of like legit hay bales, right? hundred percent. Yeah. And <laughs> early on in this journey,
1: we bought 50 acres of rural Kentucky.
0: Who you and your wife? Mm-hmm. Okay, uh,
1: went in went in with a uh, we partnered with another family, and so the idea was um, Shad was a potter, I, I was a carpenter, artisty dude, and and we wanted to just fuel that, and and we were gonna the, the grand adventure was split this all up and let's let's live sustainable l- lives and and um, do our thing. Mm. And we found 50 acres in rural Kentucky and we're going to build, I, we I, were very hell bent on building straw bale. We wanted to do it. When we was wanted. this? This was um early 2000s.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was, they weren't trendy then, were they?
1: No, no, not really. Um, and, and I'd been studying them for years up until that too. And we had gone to a couple out West and there was a couple that we knew of, here in the Southeast. And we, we went and, and and all those folks that are in that world are super friendly and you can almost just cold call them and be like, I want to build a house like yours. Can I come see yours?
0: And they're like, can I come help? And they're like, yes.
1: <laughs> and so very eager to show you yeah. how they overcame or modified or you know, what I would do different here is correct. Yeah. And, and, um, and it is, you just, you literally stack it like you do cinder block and mm. uh, you pin it together with
0: what like like rebar rebar dowels through yep okay
1: and and then you strap it like you have a sort of a foundation that it's sitting on
0: so you do pour concrete or something you like
1: can that. you can also make that out of wood you can also um you know it doesn't you, you will
0: t- you just have to get level it's correct
1: okay. f- some sort of foundation yeah a footer a, yep. a platform whatever yeah and then you can figure out a way to tie it in but the, the, we we ran big bale uh, baling wire and 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 tied it to cinch it all down. You can also use all thread and, and bolt oh, wow. bolt everything down. But you essentially just you have an 18 inch thick wall made out of straw, and then you chicken wire both sides and stucco it. Wow. Um and and. Uh, you frame you can you can build headers just like you would frame conventional framing can it can carry a load some stuff it's a load bearing wall
0: really yeah how do you get electrical and all that run into it
1: shove it in there just before real, you stucco yep. it. yep
0: chainsaw yep chainsaw it out out some channels and yep but run some cable in there absolutely and just stucco it
1: yeah or you put it on the outside yeah um you know
0: what did you build well, was it? A whole house, or was it just a barn? Or it was what? the
1: the most expensive structure on our property.
0: Really? Yeah. So yeah. it's it's expensive. It's horribly expensive. Why? <laughs> I thought it'd be cheap. It's made out of grass. It grows everywhere. You got
1: to pay for it. I know. Yep. Uh, you know, seven bucks a pop, whatever it was. Five bucks a pop. Adds you, up quick. Yeah. Yeah. And and um, and then and then when you're done, you're not done. Really? Well, you got to now you got to chicken wire it and stucco it and and so what makes it affordable? And what makes it a really cool idea is if you live on a hay farm.
0: Yeah. And you uh, and you cut the grass and bale and, it yourself. And it's a bi- it's
1: it's just I've built a house out of what I sell. Yeah. I built a house out of what I is within arm's reach of me. Right. And if, if I had to do it again, that's what we would have done
0: more of. Hay l- hay farming? <laughs> no. <laughs> built with whatever I can grab and not what I really? can buy. Did you, you listen to the uh, S Town podcast? No. You didn't?
1: No. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Well, have to, I I have to
0: show it to you. <laughs> they did that with a couple school buses. Yeah. Like put some school buses together and built like a tree house connected to a school bus, connected to a, you we, know, whatever they could get their hands
1: I on. I stacked an eight an 850 square foot cabin on a 1979 F- Bluebird Ford bus. Really? mm mm-hmm. and, and that building- I built for less than two dollars a square foot. Oh man, that's a <laughs> that's
0: a steal. Yeah. Wait. So you took a school bus. Mm-hmm. Explain this to me. You took a school bus and put a cabin on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I bet that looked hilarious. It's awesome. It was was it, it mobile? No. Okay. But it was basically. Why would you put it on the bus then?
1: Because the bus was our stove. Bus was our kitchen and our schooling and our hangout. And in the back, I built a. a Sort of a back deck where we ate a lot, and we kind of hung out back there. The bus mm. could the the bus could drive in and out of this giant carport, so it was a, it was basically like if you can picture those houses on the beach or the coast. Oh, on stilts! We built it on stilts.
0: Okay, we, we and, build, and the bus was mobile, hundred percent. We but could, you pulled it in, and it was part of the house. Yep. So if the bus was gone, no kitchen. Correct.
1: <laughs> the the, uh, the kitchen would have been the fire and the uh, you know outdoor. Uh, kitcheny thing that we we put
0: together was that in kentucky mm-hmm. oh nice it's still there
1: yeah the cabin is with yeah. the bus has been sold um we we walked away from that adventure you know such as life the whole kentucky adventure? yeah okay yeah. it it went it went a little sideways and uh we we cut our um ties with it and moved to western new york became blueberry farmers you and your wife yeah before you had kids? No. Kids were in tow the whole time. M- Mabel, when she first moved to Kentucky, was one.
0: Okay. Yeah. And how old is she? Your oldest? Youngest. Youngest. And your kids are like three or four years apart?
1: And L- Lydia and, and, and Mabel are, are within two years, and Flora's four uh, years older than Lyd.
0: Okay. Cool. Yeah. So-
1: I'm, I probably got that math wrong, too. I'm going to hear about yeah, it. That's all right. <laughs>
0: You got you got three of them. It's allowed. It's,
1: But you guys are, you're from Knoxville, aren't you? No, I moved here in 82, the same year as the fair. Yeah. And I was- Did you
0: see the World's Fair? Oh, yeah. How yeah. old were you?
1: 10. Okay. And here's a funny thing. Here's some trivia about my life and the World's Fair. The There was a huge Ferris wheel here mm-hmm. in the World's Fair. It was massive. And uh, we had great fun on that thing. As a child, I've got memories of it, right by the U.S. pavilions. It was the fun part of the fair, right? Yeah. Because when you were a kid and you heard fair, you're like,
0: Yeah, yes. Right. Yeah.
1: And then you get there and it's just like, it's just museums.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know? like A bunch of adult stuff. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So it was like, the, the Ferris wheel was the fun part. Well, that Ferris wheel ended up moving to Darien Park outside of Buffalo, New York at their Six Flags.
0: Really? Yeah. After the World's Fair. Yes. And those it, things are all run by carnies that just move yes. around, right? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yes. And so, I wrote it as an adult. Really, the same one? Yes. That is nuts.
1: And didn't know it. <laughs> really? Yeah. Until just about uh, three or four months ago. How'd,
0: my, how'd you figure it out?
1: My buddy uh, Benny called me up, and he's like, "You're not going to believe this, man, but the they're tearing down the Ferris wheel in Darien Lake, and." Uh,
0: it's from knoxville i was like what <laughs> like world's fair yeah yeah it's the 40 40 40th anniversary of the world's fair this year that's right so you uh, yeah 50 50 years old 10 years old when you moved here during the fair i got that math right <laughs> <laughs> you are, you are smart but you went to beard in high school didn't you i did my man me too I love it, I think that's crazy getting in my teeth, yeah, got oh, through yeah. well, how'd you guys end up uh moving away and going to uh did you did you live in uh Kentucky for a bit or mm-hmm. no, and then you moved to to uh buffalo mm-hmm. after that you had kids here, mm-hmm. all of them were born here mm-hmm. and then you moved to New York and farmed blueberries yep Why?
1: I had a good friend of mine had just his business was booming, it had a tree business mm. uh in in buffalo and it was exploding and they were um moving to the uh, south part of town and they had purchased another company that uh part of the deal was there was a five acre blueberry and farm in tow hmm. like a, uh it was just part of the of the deal and uh so he called me up and not not uh, trying to recruit me just give let me know where his life's at and he's like man so here we've got our business is growing here. it's exciting but now I've got to figure out what to do with this property that has a couple of houses on it and a blueberry farm and I'm like we don't
0: have much going on down here <laughs> <laughs> somebody just drove the kitchen off uh, last week <laughs> in the bluebird school bus so we kind of need a place like, to hang
1: Drop the phone dead. Hey Becca, do you want to? You want to blue, farm
0: blueberries? Is that you?
1: You know what, buddy? I think you may have found your. Uh,
0: you may have found your guy. We'll do it. I didn't ask you. We'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> so he moved us up there. We spent uh, a few
1: seasons in Western
0: New York. Uh, were right. you there the whole time, winter and all? Yeah, How'd do yeah. like the winters up there.
1: You know, the first one we were the stereotypical Southern. We were out in it. All the time
0: in the snow, oh, we loved it, just
1: yeah. oh, it was just phenomenal, man i mean and i had I had access to some machines too, like where, snow plows and, and 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 skid steers and oh, and yeah. and so i would I pushed up all of this snow and i and Make I made some snowdrifts. oh, we made like big runs you know and 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 all kinds of slides and <laughs>
0: The neighbors are like the I, Beverly Hillbillies exactly. are here. <laughs> oh,
1: look at these cute little Southerners! You know, we're building snow dragons and like it, I'm I'm i figured out how to make a brick out of snow. So we were building igloos and just had a blast. And the second year, it was like, hey, we get to do it again, and it, and it was fun. It's like, hey, remember when we did this? Like, oh yeah, yeah, that was fun. And then and then the third snow was like, oh. Whew. It's here already. All right. Well, <laughs> you guys still want to go sledding? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, awesome. Let's, it's August. <laughs> let's go sledding. And, and by the fourth season, it was just, if you saw a snowflake, I was right bitter. I was bitter with really? all everyone. Oh, you just wanted to punch somebody in the neck. Really? The first one and the last one. Like there's nothing worse than snow in April. It yeah. just, oh, it's defeating. Yeah. It's just, uh oh because we, we, by then you would have tasted a 60 degree day oh yeah 55 degree day you know and maybe something kind of peaked out of the s- stems a little bit maybe some green leafy things that the world's starting to perk up and then bam
0: 12 six, inches
1: <laughs> mother
0: yeah <laughs> false spring number 3 it just
1: makes everything hard snow makes everything you can still do it it's still doable you still get to work you still do
0: your thing it's just hard man i don't know how people do it in some of these places i was in canada last week and i was in an area that i mean it was below freezing last week in you know last week of april yeah and it's like man these people look defeated they are yeah man
1: we meant we weren't meant to live in those conditions. Yeah, I don't like, it, feel like we th- were. There was it's a struggle. And and this Southern boy, I tried to fit in, but man, I still look like that kid on Christmas Story every time I went outside. Like yeah. I had lay I'd I called it my siding. I had to put <laughs> siding on. Like layers of silk and wool and canvas and you know, Gore-Tex and anything that can block wind. Yeah. And my man's
0: out here in shorts or something, just acting like it's no big deal. The guy that's lived there forever.
1: I was working with a, a seven foot, a hundred Nordic God named Pete Ehrenreich. Mm. Huge, just German builder. And we, we were building log homes and he, it would be like, I'd call him the night before. I was like, Pete, there's, there's six feet of snow on the ground and it's going to be the high is negative 14. He's like, yeah, we're going to be rolling out of here at about a quarter to six. <laughs> I was like, really? All right. Yeah. <laughs> I got the phone. Are you working tomorrow? I was like, apparently so. I guess you do. Like when there's six and I, when I say six feet, I'm not exaggerating. Yeah. 55 standing inches. We're out there with two by fours, eight foot two by fours walking on top of the snow stabbing the ground to try to find the lumber. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this is yeah, What do that, we do? That it? seems
0: like an expensive house right there. <laughs> takes you four times as long to build
1: just as it, it should. Sure. Like it was uh and, and the and the and the polar opposite of that was in the what was gorgeous about that country is the 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 months from May to to september
0: mm. and
1: and when when the when like the high of that whole run is eighty seven yeah and and there's no humidity, and you get a constant breeze off the lake off the lake and and it's just you're wearing a hoodie in July at night by the fire because it's yeah. cold, you know yeah. like I, and 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 so we would be out there negative fourteen trying to find the lumber and then the opposite was in the in the summertime it would be like 86 and you'd hear bag it up really <laughs> man Dude. man can't work in this heat we're going to die <laughs> <laughs> i can't
0: breathe <laughs> He's like sweating, just <gasps> sucking wind, and I'm like, your guy Pete needed. I mean, seven feet tall, man. man he he needed. The guy was
1: made for the snow. He made for the snow. Just he was a Saint Bernard. You know he ran hot. Just get
0: me in, cool me off. Man, that area is beautiful. I used, when I worked on uh, Extreme Makeover, I was up there a couple times in like Finger Lakes area. Yeah. It's a that. real
1: close landscape to our East Tennessee.
0: Yeah, it's close. A lot of places are in the summertime. I've been to Minnesota a couple times in the summer, and I'm like, hmm. hey, this looks a hell of a lot like Knoxville in the, in the summertime. Everything's green. There's lakes everywhere. Yeah. Feels right. Yeah. We do the humidity a little more than they do, it seems like. I like the rolling
1: hills and of yeah. of the wine country out there in, in uh, western New York. We had a great time. We just- uh, again life makes those decisions for us and we needed to get back home
0: yeah did you were you sick of it
1: i wasn't sick of it but i was tired of snow yeah and, and but i but the there was some great things happening in the works and and after struggling for a few we moved there the the literally the the year the big uh clinton's uh economic uh, the black, you know, the the big real estate bubble burst. Oh, 2008? Yeah, that was the year we
0: moved to Buffalo. Mm. So it that's a, a hard time to live anywhere.
1: And a hard time to start a high-end, artsy building company or, you know, like no one's going to be spending money. It's a good time
0: to farm blueberries, I guess.
1: We just knuckled down and yeah. I did uh, contract work and uh Becca prune berries and the girls had a great time
0: so I guess I, I met you right after you got back
1: that's 100% yeah
0: dude I gotta tell you it may I think it was that day too the when we met that you were talking about earlier I don't know why we hit it off great so great so quickly but I would made some off off, you know offbeat joke or something and you walked up to me and you whispered in my ear you're like man that second hit of LSD may have been a bad idea <laughs> and I, <laughs> I was wondering if
1: that was the first thing I said to you. I think there was one other one, but it's a little too risque for this format. I think I'll, I'll I'll tell it to you later. But I I get mileage out of it. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. I say it all the time.
0: <laughs> that one I'll never forget. The look on your face—you're messing with me so hard. But it was so good.
1: man. I've used that a lot. Well, we all anybody that's worth their sand has muttered to themselves at one point in their life. Maybe I shouldn't have taken that second one.
0: <laughs> right? No matter what it is. No matter what it is. Like, oh,
1: because 45 minutes, maybe hour 15, you're like, man, nothing's happening. What's what's going on? <laughs> this is, I got a dud. Give me another one. <laughs> as soon as that sucker goes down the gullet, it's like, oh, oh.
0: Oh, and I got more of this coming? I should have <laughs> waited a minute. I should have
1: waited on that... <laughs> One hour, 16 minute mark. That's, that was,
0: that was, there's a line. And I think it's in that movie blow. I think it's, they're talking about, it's like, you don't feel anything at first. And then, you know, after 45 minutes, you're cursing the dude who burned you. (laughs) That's right. That's right. And then. But but resist the urge. That's right. That's right. So good. So you found, but you found some footing in the, I mean, when you moved back, did uh, because you were you were on you know you got him with brad coleman i think and started working with him building yep. sets yep. i gotta have him on the podcast you do i need to see him first i need to see his face i hadn't seen him since covid started well i've i've got a couple of buddies that have hooked up with him and and they're cranking out all kinds of work he, he's building he built that brady bunch set for the that went to new york for the brady bunch anniversary or whatever he builds all those sets for Good Morning America that he builds in his shop and sends out or builds in the script studio, maybe or Discovery or Warner. I think Warner a little of both
1: or, now. I'm I'm um yeah, I think cuz they're shooting they're shooting all kinds of stuff over there now. Yeah,
0: the the can you believe it's Discovery Warner Brothers now? What's it going to be next year? D- Disney. Disney? Disney. Yeah, I guess um. so. But but I think Disney owns both of those, don't they? I don't know. Um, surely they do. Well, then I should only have to pay seven ninety nine a month for all three of them. Instead so of getting all these different over-the-top platforms I got to pay for. Well, that went south on us quick, didn't it? <laughs> what a
1: great idea at the beginning, a la carte television. I'm yeah. only paying $14 a month. I got everything I need. Yeah. And now, four years later, we're like, I think I may be paying more than basic cable. Like, You start doing that math- And it adds up quick. Like
0: $150 a month for this nonsense? We're raking it in. But that's always what we wanted. We're like- I only watch four of these channels. Why should I pay for a for 12,000 channels of television? Mm. I only pay for these. Well, now guess what? You get to only pay for the ones you want. But you want a lot more than you thought you did. You do. Did. <laughs> you do. Maybe you don't watch just four channels. Yeah. Maybe 40. <laughs> yeah, exactly. is what you're after. Now you get them get them all a la carte, all right? Yep. Oh, it's nuts. And then I
1: tried to watch I I didn't want to do it. Something was on something that somebody told me to watch and I, I think it may have been I don't, Ted Lasso. It, I did watch that. I did get, I just bought it. Yeah. I got it <laughs> like, and it's funny you mentioned that I'm watching it again right now. Is it as
0: good? I love it. It's great. I, what a.
1: I love the story behind it more, uh, uh, almost as much. I love the, the story,
0: the narrative itself. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean the story behind it? The four guys that put it together, developed it, which is a, uh, Coach, uh, one of the coaches, right? It's Sadekus
1: it's and uh, the the mean the 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 Kent of uh, the the oh Roy Kent, uh, yeah, yeah, um, and Higgins. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And I think Beard. I yeah, think, Coach I think
0: Beard was like a lead writer on it. I want to say
1: those four created it, and nobody would touch it. They're like, it's too nice. No one wants nice. Like no one wants. And I'm 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 paraphrasing here. I think I've seen some interviews with them, but they're like, yeah. And then Apple TV came along, and they're like, "Oh, we we'll got give, all the money in the world. We'll Give, give we'll you a, a few day. bucks, throw it up the flagpole, see what happens." And all of a sudden, it was the biggest show in America. Oh, it's perfect timing, right? It for, was great. For, for that, for something yeah. just well, no, Tiger King
0: was perfect timing. Oh, god, uh, this was the, this <laughs> <laughs> this was a little late to the game. But it's it it you're right. It was perfect timing because everybody needed something that was wholesome at yep. that moment in time. It felt like.
1: Yeah, 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 and it's well written and the characters are great. It's just a fun and it's and, and it has an endearing you know underbelly of, you know, sometimes you you're going to get some darkness in there and you got to navigate it and you know, I I, I I I I I thought it was great, but I was watching something that I didn't want to buy, right? Mm-hmm. I was like I'm not I don't want another 4.99 on the yeah. eight charge card.
0: Even though it's just a latte at Starbucks. Come on, dude. You know, that's, that's how I did that's how I do it. I'm like, "Oh, what? I'm a slippery slope." It is. Yeah. It's a slippery slope. And so I did the
1: with commercials, with ads. Right? Okay. I was like, I'll just do it with ads. Yeah. Like
0: that's paying for it with my time.
1: I couldn't do it. Oh, really? I couldn't do it. Really? I uh, was like the third cut, the third the third commercial break and I was just like, "Take my money." No, I just turned it off. Really? Yeah, I was. It's not worth it. I was angry. Oh, I know what it was. And I, and I wasn't that interested in whatever I was told mm. to watch. It was a, the alien, Resident Alien. What? He, he's a he's a doctor. He's an alien. An alien comes down and takes over a doctor's body. What? Yeah,
0: it's a see. It sounds great, right? You're kinda. You're. I'm, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't sound that great. An
1: alien comes down, takes over a guy's body, and now he's on. Uh, and then there was a murder. There's a
0: murder in town, and he's the only doctor. All right. I need somebody to tell, figure out what what this is. If Sam were here, he'd have it for us in three seconds. And I started
1: watching it, and it just didn't capture me. Plus, it was being- There were ads in it. By every 15, 10 minutes, it was another four or five minutes of commercials. And I'm like, this is why I pay 80 bucks a month to not sit here and listen to some weird medication being- (laughs) by <laughs> sciatica or whatever, that I'm like supposed to, which
0: you probably have. You just don't know it, but they know you have it already because <laughs> they're listening to you on your phone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm still i still bring up conversations with Beck in the kitchen about five pound bags a hundred dollar bills oh just to see if siri's listening to me I you did. know
0: man sarah described to me one time in great detail the kind of earrings that she wanted for mother's day it's creepy she was like i don't know if these exist or not i've never seen them but wouldn't this be cool if they looked like this bring dude I mean, less than twenty four hours later, I was like, "You mean these?" And she was like, "You gotta be kidding me!"
1: It's weird, right? Yeah, yeah. My, my dad's a big enthusiast, grilling enthusiast. Mm. We were talking about this. His his prized possession is the PK
0: three sixty. <laughs> is that even a real thing? Yes, it is. Yeah, it's what a, is it?
1: It's an aluminum casted grill smoker combo. Okay. For for lump charcoal.
0: Okay, nice. For
1: real wood. Yeah, and it's got these crazy valves on it and you can dial, you can dial in the, the, the temperature within a degree Mm. and and it'll hold for six to eight hours. And you can also take it off its stand and travel with it because it's aluminum. So if you wanted, you know, they're RVing and in this camping world, you know, you could, yeah, it's not that heavy because it's not steel. Correct. Yeah. But I mean, Besides you and me, how many people do you think out there know what a PK three sixty is if I threw that out there? Right? You know, like it's just yeah. this obscure talk we had a conversation about this at the kitchen and it shows up on my phone. Really? Oh yeah. What
0: the hell what what's going on?
1: So back to my five pound bag of a hundred dollar bills. That hasn't manifested yet.
0: Damnedest thing, Dave. It is weird, isn't it? Yeah.
1: I'm shocked.
0: <laughs> they don't care about me they really don't but i like your idea of just kind of randomly talking talking it out in the kitchen just, just see to it
1: bring it in make right some you, stuff manifest you kind of have to do it too you've got to be it a little so it feels spontaneous really i think right like part of the programming in this thing they they don't want it to be yeah, you know
0: they know they know when you're putting it on. You think I think that there's some AI out there that can navigate that for I sure. To listen, to what he normally sounds like
1: <laughs> the pattern.
0: There's a yeah. there's a,
1: a blip in my my toes. Oh, he's yeah. yeah,
0: this is scripted. He used his high voice. <laughs> he's not like getting that PK three sixty. Or the $500 bills. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Dave, what else is good? What else is going on that we hadn't hit on lately? Or hit, what else is going on lately that we hadn't hit on yet?
1: I tell you what, Ben, I my life has been tremendously uplifted with being able to see live music again.
0: Heck yeah, dude.
1: So, much, so good.
0: You know, you told me about... Um, somebody first off you 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 mentioned bob log the third or three bob log he's, three he's here on our birthday is he yeah should we go i'm
1: going okay
0: man at pilot so uh first off it looks crazy he wears like a mask with a telephone turned upside down in it yeah and he's a one-man band yeah slide guitar and a kick drum and yeah, it looks wild. He's out of control. But man, you mentioned somebody to me one time. You texted me and you're like, Hayes Carl's at the shed. And I was like, I have no idea who that is. Hayes Carl's turned into like one of my favorite <laughs> singer songwriters ever. You're always you're always out there in front of me on this stuff.
1: There's some cool stuff going on in East Asheville, East Nashville right now. Yeah. Yeah, with Hayes and Todd Snyder's coming out of I the I thought air. you were talking
0: about Lenore City. No.
1: Because <laughs>
0: that's how I feel about... <laughs> East Nashville. <laughs> yeah. No. Three seven nine too far. <laughs> Come on. I love Hayes. I love him. Yeah. yeah he that's... so he moved to Nashville, because he's a Texas guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, I heard yep. he moved to Nashville. That's where he belongs.
1: I caught him I caught Todd Snyder at the Ryman. That guy's out of his mind. I love him. Me too. God, I love him.
0: We uh we were reciting a line from his uh, of his the other night i forget the name of his song he came out with a solo album like 2008 or something like that and just a poet man tried and true if you're coming into land and you crash and die all you're really good for for sure was get too high that ain't flying that ain't flying (laughs) (laughs) that's right man what a freak show yeah and every time i see him he looks like he's about to die he's doing better is he yeah he had a dark road there for a little while good um, i'm glad well i'm glad that he's doing better because i was worried about him the last couple of times i saw him
1: but uh, I've, I've caught him a couple of times since his thing's broke free and and he's real healthy cool and doing great he's in that band with dave schools right God, i love those
0: guys what are they the Ameri-
1: hard working americans working americans yeah we just we lost neil cassell uh, he was the guitar player. Okay. Who one he? Of
0: was he a Black Crows guy or was he-
1: He was a Chris Robinson Brotherhood guy. Chris
0: Robinson Brotherhood. Yeah. Right. And he
1: also has a some solo projects. And um, he was a guitarist for Real Foot or Blackfoot mm. for mm. For, a, for a short minute. Back in the day, late yeah. 80s or mid 80s, somewhere Heck in there. Yeah. Um, and so I, they, they've sort of paused that project. But yeah, I mean, that was a super group that, that I guess- Todd I think orchestrated. Really? Todd and Dave just brought all these guys together and so their first record was nothing but covers. Really? And yeah, they just sat in the studio, drank magic water and recorded. Yeah. And then the, the that got a little traction so they decided to write some songs. And the second album is is all their original mm. stuff and man, they played a night at the Bijou and they I think did I was there. both records really start to finish that's awesome it was one o'clock in the morning before we got out of that place great ah so good
0: uh uh did you hear uh circles around the sun Mm mm-hmm who was that that i think that's that's neil was it yeah okay and he's the one that died Mm mm-hmm that stuff was awesome yeah it was all like grateful dead teases very much that it's the jazz is dead (laughs) the the, the
1: starry misty uh, uh, ethereal sort of Sounding stuff, right? Yes. Yeah.
0: So good. It, and every, it came on the scene at, uh, they, it was set break music at the Fair Well Dead okay. shows in Chicago. And okay. everybody was like, what is this? And it just like blows up. And yeah. Yeah. It was all, all over the place after I,
1: that. I loved, I love those guys. Um, but yeah, uh, and the, the, the here's something, the Black Crows just, just released uh, 1972. Uh, which is a, a record of all, it's a covers of of all songs from 50 years ago, hmm. uh, that were influenced that influenced
0: them. Oh, they were all kids then, right? They yeah, were pretty young.
1: So it was. It's um, they do the Temptations, they do T Rex, they do. Uh, I can't, I I can't, of course, I just drew a blank. I
0: I really, really, really want to like Chris Robinson, but I don't know, man. Like, for something about him, he's such a dick. Like, I I just, did you see him kick that guy in the face in the front row of the uh, Bijou? Wait, the guy, he was grabbing,
1: that guy was grabbing the set list. Really? Yeah, he threw his girlfriend on, I only know this because Joe Casterline saved Chris Robinson's life. Really? Yeah, he was the one that flew out of the wings kick that guy back into the Chris couldn't get to him because he was tethered by his guitar really wrapped up around an amp yeah he couldn't if if he wasn't caught that guy was gonna get messed up
0: I saw Chris like kicking him he was trying
1: to kicking him down because the guy was grabbing at the at the set list yeah and he was like quit like he was Kicking his hand away so yeah. he wouldn't grab it,
0: and and there was also like uh, uh, there was like a, a domestic uh, 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 violence implication to it too. Like he was, yeah, it was into, a little too rough.
1: Yeah, there was a. He threw his girlfriend on there to get get one of them, and she was successful, and he was trying to get the other one, not mm. just something or other. Anyway, Joe was there backstage. He was running sound for the house. Oh, he's running the monitors, and he ran up, flying Kamuli elbow, like the guy yep got Push, him out of there got
0: pushing back down into the crowd I did not think that Chris Robinson was at fault for that uh, I actually thought it was a moment where I where I uh, thought that it was a noble uh, version of of him being a dick sure uh, but just all like just some of the stuff he says well him public. and his
1: he was very cocky and
0: he's an amazing talent him and his brother both yeah but don't they not get along
1: not they didn't for a while but I'm, I don't know if they contribute this or not, but I think Neil's passing brought them together. F- was like, we gotta, we can't, life's too fragile yeah. to not do this. And, yeah. you know, um, so they're, they're touring again. I don't understand.
0: And he, uh, he had some article in some publication, Rolling Stone or something. He's like, the world's upside down. John Mayer's in some Grateful Dead cover band. <laughs> whatever that did you read that no
1: but i love it already
0: (laughs) (laughs) why don't i like him (laughs) should i feel like i should who john Mayer? yeah yeah i don't know yeah the the i don't know how you come back from your body as a wonderland i don't don't think you can
1: no it's tough
0: that's tough yeah there was a there was an april fool's gag uh where they were where uh where dead and company was going to cover uh your body as a wonderland and the show was going to be called your bobby as a wonderland nice for for bob weir and uh they got me for a second but yeah how do you come back from that as john mayer the dude was super rich and also as as he was super rich as like a 20 year old guitar player and singer songwriter but also kind of a world-class blues guitarist too he really is good he I just we, can't stand his, his, I don't like his voice that way. We much.
1: fulfilled his rider for a Bonnaroo. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah.
0: What, what, okay. And uh, you know, Now you get I to, know why you don't like you it. You
1: get to know folks, right? When you sort of get in there a little bit. Have like candy cigarettes. Dude, he demanded a full dental kit each night that he performs. What's a full dental kit? A tube of toothpaste, parentheses, not travel size. <laughs> can, can see where he was burned by that before. <laughs> what the f- kind of one horse town is this? <laughs> this is the last time I get a travel size thing—a toothpaste. Put that in there, right? <laughs> Not travel size. A full toothbrush. A six, at least six ounce bottle of scope, like a full, like floss, like a full uh, dental hygiene, like a dental hygiene kit and and that needed that was that needed to be filled at every every show, I so mean, we're just thinking, yeah, what are you dealing with that, them? That's not that bad. Are you just using them to dispose like is it disposable? Do you need a full tube of toothpaste for your one brushing? Are you stockpiling yeah. this stuff? like do you have a trailer <laughs> the dental <laughs> it says mayor's dental bag got
0: it I, I feel like you should just keep that in the tour bus. Yeah. right? <laughs>
1: Do you need one? And maybe one at the beginning of the tour and see how long it goes. Do you need
0: one? Do you need one every? What else was on his his rider? Anything in particular?
1: Not his. I, you know, Gordon from Fish had a real specific bottle of booze. Really? That, that he wanted. Yep. And it was uh, something, you know, in Manchester, Tennessee on a good day would be difficult to find. Yeah. This top shelf bourbon or tequila or whatever it
0: was. Did you hear about his his little run-in with Hell's Angels? No. At Jones Beach? No. You should look it up. I'll paraphrase it for you a little bit. Right it's dark, on. dude. Huh. Um so he was at uh I, th- I think it was a Further show. Do you remember when um 100%. When Further was playing? Yep. Uh so all the deadheads are there. All the all the uh all the Hell Hell's Angels are there. Mike Gordon's backstage. He's doing a little art photography one of hell's angels kids is like a young girl or something. He's like doing photography with her and like just backstage. And then they end up in this tree house together. And, uh, it was like, there were inappropriate implications for what was, for what he was doing. He's like, I'm just taking pictures of her. And apparently they beat him up. And it's like this squash, squash, squash story that you can get that you can find. It's hmm. out there like an account of it. Mul- multiple people confirming that it happened. Interesting. But I mean, it's like, it's super, super squashed down. It's not something anybody's proud of. But it's sure. like this, like, that's weird. It is weird. It is really weird. He's a weird dude. He's a weird dude. Seemingly. And I pissed him off. You did? Oh, yeah. Why not? Couldn't find that bottle of booze?
1: Well, no, I couldn't, but I did find a bottle of booze. Yeah. Right? And, I, you know, in, in the prop world, in this world, or whatever, if you were sent on a task, don't come back empty-handed. Right. Like, have something. Yeah. You know, it may not be- even close, right. but you've still got an artifact in your hand. So yeah. he wanted this, this booze, and I tried to find it and couldn't find it. And I, I found something very close, and it's a bottle of booze, right?
0: Yeah. How I much are you going to drink? You got to yeah, go out there and play. Come on. Yeah. Was this a fish show?
1: Yeah. No, no, no. This
0: was um, Leo Kotke.
1: Uh, no, Gordon was doing. Vida Blue? He was doing his, he was on, uh, on a solo bill, okay. just his name. Okay. Yeah. Because Trey was, all of them, t- Trey and, and Gordon were there. They weren't playing. Trey was with his band, and and Gordon was, was that just, the
0: year that they did the super jam together too with the Benevento Russo duo.
1: It may have been, yeah.
0: Uh, they called it what the Fuo. This was like Mike and the. Italians. This would have
1: been two thousand six seven. Yeah, somewhere in there. That was right about. That's yeah. about right. Uh, uh, so I put it in his trailer, and I'm still in there milling around when him and his crew come in, and he immediately poo-poos the bottle. Well, this isn't the. Da, 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 yeah. that I wanted and I didn't tell him that I was responsible for it or anything I was like yeah apparently there was a hiccup on on the hospitality's end but yeah. you know hopefully this will be this can carry Work. you through yeah. you know and he's like bah, 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 and grumbles off and I'm like yeah, God I really wish
0: you didn't had done that. And, uh, I really liked you. Before I know that it's dang it and, uh, don't meet your heroes. Not nope. that he's your hero, but you know, that's why. Good thing he wasn't. Correct. He wouldn't be anymore. <laughs>
1: so he goes and does his show. We're in there and our job was to clear the trailer. If they're on set, if they're on stage, they're not coming back to the trailer. That mm. we're we're cleaning it for the next crew to come in. To get their their, to get their
0: rider fulfilled, correct in the green room
1: because they're on stage after yeah. the people that just walked on there. So we go in. Gordon's on. He's on. Go in, and that bottle is still sitting there, full. Yeah, yeah. Hadn't even cracked it. I was Did you like, drink it? I took it. Yeah, took it. Like, man, grabbed it, <laughs> and so we're we're just milling around. It's the transition. They're getting him off. Getting him on and Gordon walks over. He's got a arm he's got a girl on his arm. Yeah. And he and and they're walking in. He goes, Oh, hang on a second. <laughs> no. I left something in the trailer. No. <laughs> and he spins around. He walks by me, goes in, You've sees. You've got his bottle
0: of liquor in uh-huh. your hand.
1: <laughs> yep. Got it in the golf cart over there. <laughs> and he walks in, opens the door, sees that it's all set up for the next people. Yeah. He's like, Oh man. Turns doesn't ask me but asks my buddy who's standing within arm's reach hey have you seen a bottle of booze and they're like uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> like I'm shaking uh, my head no 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 what you're talking about he's like huh <laughs> God, that sucks and he's like <laughs> manners off and I'm just <laughs> like heck, you man like I got your booze <laughs> if you'd have been nice about it so would you yeah
0: oh, I love it I love hearing stories like that <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, it, that was fun. That was a fun gig.
0: The Bonnaroo gig?
1: Yeah, we did it. We did it a couple of times. And working it,
0: hospitality for yeah, the bands. Yeah. Who were you working it with?
1: Uh, Todd Overstreet. Okay. He And him and Finita got us the gig. Cool. And it was under Dega
0: Catering. Yeah. I know the Dega folks. Well, I know Hollis. Yeah. yeah. And I knew a bunch of people who worked for back in the day.
1: And I think it was the last, we worked the last year They they stopped. Sourcing that
0: through Dago, yeah.
1: Okay, and then then they went and did it in house, mm. save money, I would assume, or yeah,
0: you know, and make a huge headache on themselves. Correct. Yeah, yeah, makes sense.
1: But you know, I got we got fifteen hundred bucks out of the weekend. I got a golf cart and an all access pass. I and mean, I was on. a pirate. Really? Oh, what do you mean? I stole everything I could get my grimy little hands Really? Like, absolutely. Just like anything that was left it over? Is, oh. If I'd have had a box truck.
0: If I'd it wouldn't have been b- enough? <laughs> no.
1: First of all, I could have opened an outdoor gear store really? with everything that was left behind. Really? You got 80,000 knuckleheads.
0: Yeah. Who bought something for this and it's, did, By, it, it, did it rain that year? Oh, it
1: rains every year. Yeah. But you know, day four after a four day bender of weird drugs- you don't want to pack anything up. Mm-mm. Just get me in that car and yeah. S- yeah. get get me home. I want yeah. to shower. I want to breathe a sober breath, whatever, whatever. Um, no, but I had that all access pass, right? Yeah. And a golf cart and I'm hospitality. Yeah. and And I may not be, I shouldn't, I may not get this gig again after this story, <laughs> but this is where I was at the time. I'm not the same person I was then. Right. Maybe, maybe I am. <laughs> I'm 100% the
0: same person I was back then. Nah, Dave. You're, and, uh, you're a little different.
1: Uh, <laughs> but I had that all access pass and I smoked. I smoked cigarettes at the time. Yeah. And uh, American Spirits had just come on the scene.
0: Yeah. Did you do the hand rolls or the tailors? Both.
1: Yeah. Sure. Um, you remember and, they gave them out for free well, at those festivals? That's that's what I'm... You, if your ticket would get you a carton. Yeah. And um, to, to spread that love. Mm. And so I went up to that tent where they had just pallets, pallets pallets of of American spirits and I was like, "Hey, I work with hospitality. I got this hall <laughs> all access lanyard here. <laughs> my my creds. <laughs> yeah. Uh if you want, I'll spread some of your smokes out in the rock stars trailers and get them hooked on your <laughs> <laughs> little, your wares on your wares, and they're like, really? I was like, yeah, man, I'll scatter a couple packs out, and every time we, you know, put them in the in the uh, fruit bowl, I'll put a pack of smokes in the fruit bowl. <laughs> and so they gave me, <laughs> they gave me. So there was a box had eight cartons
0: of okay. cigarettes, right? Which
1: is ten packs, C- correct? Okay, so, so eight,
0: you're eighty 80 packs of cigarettes. A box,
1: a box. Uh uh-huh. I I took six boxes. <laughs> Came out on a hand truck. Did you put those in the truck? Heck yeah! <laughs> I did, I did make good on my word on all of this. Yeah, I did spread a little, but maybe not, maybe not as much as I sold it as. Right, you know, like <laughs> Dale's Pale Ale came out that year. Yeah, in a can. Yeah, and blew everybody's mind sure. that there was a craft beer in a can. Yeah, well, they were slow to get their vendor's license mm. on that. Bonnaroo, that particular Bonnaroo. So they were peddling beer in the parking lot, literally. They had brought their whole inventory. Wow. They thought they could kind of wheel and deal on the- Shakedown street. Absolutely. You know, hey, we're here. Throw some pity on us. Get us a vendor. Yeah. Wasn't happening. And so now they're guerrilla warfare. Yeah. And they're- Guerrilla marketing. Absolutely. Out there just doing their thing. And I was a big fan of that beer at the time it'll it'll knock you knock you out dude. love it oh I, I loved it there's a great pale ale and uh i went up to them and i was like hey i'll uh
0: i'll put your beer in the rock coolers once again you see this all-star uh, or this uh,
1: all-access lanyard i have here i work with hospitality and you you know and uh i was like shoot i'll even they had but swag out the yin yang man i got Dale's Pale Ale, wristbands, like headbands, yep, yep, koozies, and 12 cases of beer. And then I came back again about two days later and said, hey, if you got more of that, I could spread more out. And they're like, absolutely. Closer to D-Day, people didn't want to take anything home. Right. So- And I'm living in Kentucky without water or electricity in an 800 square foot cabin stacked on top of a school bus at the time. And I'm just like seeing dollar signs are just like, yeah, the the vitamin water had just came out, that goofy wrapper that made vitamin water. So I got cases of it. Like there was a point where Todd came up to me and he was like, hey, man, bet it down a little bit. (laughs) You're going to start raising (laughs) eyebrows if you don't quit putting cases. Like like my." My truck's leaning back. <laughs> like you're, like you're, you've dropped my suspension
0: at least an inch with your with your antics. See, Dave, you're one of the real hippies. You know, you're not one of the dress-up hippies that wears their tie dye and their flower skirt to the, to Bonnaroo. This is real hippie stuff, where you go ahead and just load up for the year. I'm- Every
1: time I rode into camp after the day, I had something hot to eat mm. for the for everybody involved because nice. we all. By ten o'clock, by that last show, by the last when the last artist was on, we were done. Mm. So that that ten o'clock main oh, yeah. stage show was our you're clearing out
0: the green room. We're
1: yeah. wrapped. We're wrapped. And and at that time, I, every night I would show up with like two piping hot pizzas or some Middle Eastern food festival, you know, buffet set up, and they're like, "How did you get this?" I was like, "Well." I traded some. I traded some beer for it, and they and What they fa- what they did. Their Bonnaroo's biggest mistake was giving me a key to the reefer truck that
0: had five pallets of beer. They were constantly <laughs> stocked every day for all the for all the uh, for all the uh, stands that sell the beer. Or no, for the artists. For the artists. Gotcha.
1: Yeah, just. And, and if a pallet got halfway down, I'd have to make a call on the radio- To get more. To get more. And so in that four-day period, beer is just- And I'm the only one with a pallet. <laughs> they can let them
0: in. Could can let them in. Yep. Yeah, that sounds like the fox in the hen house right there.
1: Dude, I was bartering beer. <laughs> when the Patron people found out that I had beer- they were—they'd only been drinking tequila for three or four days, yeah. and I was like, "I've got beer." There, you got beer? <laughs> yeah, I was trading free beer for cases of Patron. <laughs> they were just going into my truck.
0: <laughs> I showed up back to camp. I had like eight bottles of Silver Patron <laughs> clanking in my arms. Dave, you're going to go down in history as being like the the most the most magic campground buddy anybody's ever had. It's like, you won't believe it. This guy's going to come back with pizza and a case of tequila and four boxes of cigarettes. And some Lee jeans. For some reason, Lee was out there too, man. I got
1: jeans for the kids. I got them shoes. Timberland was out there. They were
0: out there peddling blue jeans in a yeah. 100 degree weather. Well, the the all-access lanyard
1: got me into where the artists would hang out mm. into that little... the. The in VIP uh, talent, yeah, section behind the main stage, yeah, and full catering at all time twenty four seven full catering, you know, a, a f- open bar, um, and so back there there was like a swag aisle, and if you had the right credentials, you could just stroll through here and they would give you a little bag with some whatever whatever a t shirt. A pair of jeans, a shoe. You know. And so like I said, man, when it got closer to Sunday and these guys realized what they'd had to pack up and you were at the right place at the right time with a free
0: case of beer. You could get just about anything. <laughs> just about anything. Cold beer's hard to come by at bonnaroo on Sunday. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. Oh, it's good, Dave. It
1: was, man, and that reefer truck was a it was a oasis in the desert
0: oh man. i bet oh i bet you got in there and it was nice it just, felt great <laughs> just
1: hang out in there man yeah <laughs> it's like 95 degree 100 percent humidity blazing not a cloud in the sky f- f- cow field in middle tennessee
0: everybody's got to do it though
1: i you know i would i'm if I could get fifteen hundred bucks and a golf cart out of the deal and a hotel room, I'd do it again. It
0: ruins it for you when you get when you get that. I've done guest camping a few times, and we've got our little Volkswagen camper, and it's just like you're, you can sleep until noon if you want to because you're among the trees and in the shade. Right. You got a you know a camper to sleep in. That's fine. Can't go back to Gen Pop after that, baby. It's tough. Yeah, you can't do it, dude. <laughs> With the surf, yeah i'm totally one of those peasants i am i i, I camped so much and, and then you know i got i got out, i got in guest camping and started looking down my nose it's like the one time i rode first class you know what are these guys doing walking back to coach flown coach hundreds of times flown and first class once dude dave this has been super fun and it. i've had a great time with you and Happy birthday. You too, birthday twin. Yes, man. And it's Mother's Day. It is Mother's How Day. How wonderful is that? That is great. So this will this will this will drop Monday, so it'll, it'll it'll have been a day before, but and I can love our mamas I and can our wives. Kick and stretch and kick.
1: I am 50. Yes. What do you think about that? And
0: I noticed you didn't have a limp when you walked up either, which I'm a little bit Concerned about. I've heard not to trust a man over over fifty without a limp. So.
1: That's, that's those are wise words. Yeah, so
0: get to it, buddy. <laughs> Dude, let's do this again sometime, Dave. Absolutely. Thanks a lot for for being here. I'm gonna press record now so we can. <laughs> Perfect.
1: Thank God that none of that was recorded. We'll <laughs> talk to you soon, <laughs> man. Bye.
0: All right. How'd it go? How'd we do? love that man thanks for being here follow us on instagram at south of scruffy send us an email south at gmail.com and if you want to support the work that we do at south of scruffy you can do that at patreon.com slash south of scruffy again thank you guys for being here take care of each other take care of yourselves and we'll see you really soon pitch wire play me out